0: Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks,
1: Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shanks Show. Happy Monday and welcome to our broadcast. I'm Bill Shanks with Russ Brown here in Macon today. We start a new week of sports talk. We appreciate you being with us. A lot of things to talk about here, and hotter weather means more sports. Daytona 500 yesterday, baseball getting going, basketball going at it, and then there's the XFL. How much XFL hours did you watch this week?
0: I watched the 3 o'clock game on Saturday. Okay. That's about it. Who was that? That was uh, Arlington and Vegas. Okay. Okay. Uh, Brandon Huntley was the quarterback for Vegas. Our, our friend Vic Beasley was wreaking havoc on the oh, defensive I saw, line. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> so I saw that. Did uh, he have any sacks? Uh, no, he had some pressures. He he definitely had some pressures. He he got the quarterback off his spot, so I'm sure Coach oh. Quinn was happy. Oh, that's good. That's
1: real good. I, I watched it for a few minutes yesterday. Jacksonville Bulls weren't playing, so I decided it wasn't my thing. <laughs> USFL starts after the XFL, right? Yeah, in April. Yep. Cool. That's good. I mean, it is what it is. Non-stop football.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I think there was 52 weeks in the year, I think there's 46 have pro
1: football now. Really? Yeah. That's pretty good. I'll take that. In case you just get a little itching for some football, you can flip over there and watch one of those leagues, one of those teams, and go for it. Is Vince McMahon still in the XFL situation?
0: No, he sold it out to... uh so there's a, there's a lot of different
1: owners now, but the Rock, the Rock is yeah. he's the one they put out there. Okay. Yeah, he's the voice of the. Yeah, I saw I saw the, the Rock face. on television and they were hobnobbing with him and everything. So good deal. Daytona 500. It came down to Bobby Allison and Kelly Yarborough once again for the 50th. <laughs> I might have watched if those two at their age would have gotten in it and gone at it and beat the crap out of it. I wonder seriously if. uh, And if any NASCAR fan knows this, tweet me at Bill Shanks or call later. I'd love to know, number one, if Kelly Yarbrough and Bobby Allison have talked. And number two, if not and they did talk, what would it be like? It's talking about old car NASCAR now. I mean, we used to go home and run to go watch the Daytona 500 to see if they would beat each other up because there was a 50-50 shot that it might happen. They did not like each other, which is good. You you need racers drivers racers. Speed racer It goes speed racer. <laughs> you need drivers that can have a little angst for other drivers. Don't you? That's always good. Lightning uh, y- Rods.
0: Yeah. You need a, especially as long as the season is, you need a little you need a little spice along the way. Yeah.
1: So who yeah. Are, who are the Hated rivals. And where's PJ? We need PJ today. In the yeah.
0: Discussion. I think I, I think Joey Logano is universally disliked. Oh, is he? What did he do? He's, he's just... A schmuck? He's just not... I mean, this, he's been around for a while, so this has kind of gone away. But early in his career, there was the thought that he just... Because he comes from a wealthy family, just bought his way into the sport. and yeah, that sort Oh, of wow, thing. really? Yeah, but I mean, he's good. He's legit. He ought
1: to be a baseball broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> so... Is he the most hated person now in NASCAR? I mean, for me personally,
0: yeah. But he's just—I don't know. There's something about his personality just grates on my nerves really? a little bit. But he's—I mean—he's talented. Well, who's the oldest driver but, still in in the regular racing? Probably Kevin Harvick. God, yeah, he's, he's still old. running a full time schedule. He's not old. Yeah, because uh, Jimmy Johnson—they don't—he doesn't know how many. He, he's back, but he's, he's not going to do a full schedule. Okay. Jeff Gordon,
1: so, does he race any at all? No. no, He's Jeff totally Gordon, gone.
0: He's been gone for a few years. Yeah. Uh, I,
1: I knew. I thought, well, maybe yeah. he
0: still races, you know, like. Because Jamie McMurray stepped down. Clint Boyer stepped down. So, yeah, probably Kevin Harvick. Do they have, like, a
1: senior circuit? That would be awesome. I'd watch that. That would be really fun. Yeah, it would. Put a governor on their cars, they can only go 150. <laughs> <laughs> because older people go slow anyway, right?
0: <laughs> there you go. So, you put
1: a governor on their car, and you just. Calm them down just a little bit. God, old people. I look when I become president. First of all, the coffee's going back to Colombia, and number Ooh, two,
0: you don't nu- have my vote.
1: Number two, old people aren't going to be able to drive. Well, but who's going to get them where they need to go? Younger people. So what's the cutoff? However, age my mother is. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying nothing, but I mean, just however old my mother is. Uh, no, I I think that older people should have a competency test to drive. Just like if older people want to be president. Where's the rim shot on that, Chris? You're too damn slow. I've been gone for a couple of days and you're, I thought that was a good rim shot opportunity, but you're over there playing, you know, Donkey Kong or something and. <laughs> yeah right yeah. okay mm-hmm. that's a good story yeah, yeah that's yeah I thought it was pretty good though right I mean if, if I, yes I think it's time for younger people to be in <laughs> positions of
0: power I would agree with there that There you go it's yes. like
1: that didn't have the damn truth but anyway I mean people should take competency tests for driving
0: well if I would if I was dictator every time you went you you'd have to renew your license every two or three years but you have to take the test to yeah, do it yeah Because people don't know how to drive.
1: No, they don't. And it's like after 50 years, shouldn't you go take another test to know
0: the rules? Sure, I think so.
1: I I think it would benefit all of us.
0: Ridiculous.
1: Stuff like that that just kind of pisses you off, you know. All right, so who won the uh, Stenhouse? Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won the uh, Daytona 500. Did you watch?
0: I did. It was the longest one ever with all the overtime. But, yeah, it was – it's – I mean, it's restrictor plate racing, so it is what it is. Why do they I mean, do that? It's safety, so cars don't go 225 miles an hour.
1: But you know, if but they got the little head thing that they made after Dale died, right? Yeah, 21 years ago. The Hans ago. device, yeah, it works. So, I mean, they should let them go. Those those uh, city tracks. What was I saw not too long ago? Oh no 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 no. The race they had at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> well,
0: it was the second year they've done it. It's just the class. It's an exhibition.
1: That was a glorified go kart race.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Wasn't it, it? Didn't it was not it? Did you think so? Yeah, like the, they did. They did it for the first time last year, and it was really cool. But it, it, it just that's a one and done kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, uh, it's kind. It kind of lost its charm. Right, yeah. yeah uh, what was their top speed? Like forty five? No, it's
0: probably. I'd say they probably hit close to 115, 120. Really? Yeah, probably on the straightaways.
1: It's a lot like Martinsville. But then you had to slow down real quick. Right.
0: Yeah. Put a lot of work on the brakes. That is like
1: an old person driving. (laughs) Anyway, where's Tucker? Tucker could come be our our NASCAR thing. Um, So, anyway, I I mentioned the Daytona 500. We don't do a whole lot of race talk on here because when the Daytona 500 happens in mid-February, it's usually a little sign that, The calendar's turning, so to speak. Don't you agree? Oh, 100%. 100%. Baseball is here. You know, this Saturday, we just heard the promo. This Saturday, the Braves are going to be on the Superstations against the Red Sox, which is good news. And so, yesterday we had the NBA All-Star Game. How much of the NBA All-Star Game did you watch?
0: I didn't watch any of the All-Star Game. Not one minute? Not one minute. Me neither. I watched watched all the Saturday night stuff, but not the All-Star Game itself.
1: Who was that Mac McClure? Too good. Mac McClung.
0: Yeah, he's a he. He had signed a ten-day contract with the Sixers, but he's a G League player,
1: and he's participating in the slam dunk contest. Yeah, and he was good. But he can't. Oh yeah, but he can't even make an NBA team. But he can dunk. He can dunk. So he has no shot, either way, <laughs> literally and figuratively. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, you like that You're on a roll.
0: Yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about him as a player. I just know uh, he was. That was kind of the guy they were hyping up going into the dunk contest. And, and he lived up to it, which is you don't see that very but often. But he's not
1: on the NBA team. He's on like the, you know, Wichita lineman. <laughs> I am the lineman of the county. I mean, why, why won't you have NBA players on there instead of G League players? Shouldn't that be in the G League thing? Is there not many more dunkers in the NBA now? Than yeah, no, I guess nobody wants to do it. Well, and I want to tell you something. Anthony Edwards should be like the athlete of the week. Did you hear what he said about this load management crap? No, I did not. He said it's bull crap. Good for him. you see that? Good he, for him. I mean, he was like, I want to play. Yeah. I want to play. And, and the former Georgia Bulldog came out and said, I guess when he was asked at the All-Star Game about this load management stuff where these players are too damn – sorry or tired or worn out or whatever they are by the way i bet you 10 bucks that whatever the lakers first game is lebron doesn't play
0: i don't know lebron's actually pretty good about that he's one of the few guys that goes out there and tries to play every night yeah but he he
1: took like last week off i believe i i just i don't i don't understand that you're you're i mean i know okay People could say, well, do you work every single day? Well, don't ask me. Do, you, do most people work every single day? Well, no. We take days off, too. We try to, you know, separate ourselves a little bit to our sanity. But you have 82 games plus the playoffs plus the preseason. I mean, it is a game. And I know you get tired. There's no question about that. But Michael Jordan didn't take days off.
0: Well, see, that's the thing. We grew up. I mean, guys played 82 games. That's I mean, and Michael – I always go back to this stat. When Michael was 40, he played in 82 games and averaged 37 minutes a night. I mean, there's no reason these guys can't go out and play every night. Larry Bird
1: had to go and lay down in the locker room at, at halftime to be able to play in third quarter for probably a quarter of his career. He had to literally, because of his bad back, had to go lay down and, and – to like recharge his batteries to go back out there for the second half. He played all the time. Now, later in his career, he couldn't do it because he was really hurt. He had a bad back. And I'm sure for someone six, eight, whatever Leary Bird was, it's got to be a horrible par- hell. It's bad enough for me. It's six foot or close to it. I used to be six foot. I think I'm shrinking. But anyway, um, I don't get it, and and Anthony Edwards came out and said, "Well, I don't don't really expect me to do that. I want to play," you know. He's young. My God, he's what is he? Twenty one, probably. He was a kid at UGA just for one year, and then he was gone. So it's like, I want to play, and I really, really applaud him saying that. Hawks will be back in action on Friday when they host Cleveland. Hawks are game under five hundred, eighth place, the Eastern Conference, three games back of seventh place Miami. Cleveland 15 games over 500. that That'll be Friday night at 7.30. They'll open the second part of the season with four straight home games. Georgia lost by 49 on Saturday. Did you watch that? I did not. I was watching it just to see. It was almost like a Looney Tunes commercial. How many points was Alabama going to get? But unfortunately, uh, Georgia uh, could not stay close at all. They were down like 50-21 to 21 at halftime, and it was, I just checked the score. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, I know Sharif Abdul-Rahim's son's on the Georgia basketball team. That's about all I know. Do you know anybody else on the Georgia basketball team?
0: Yeah, they got – Terry Roberts is pretty good, and uh, Quindo kid's
1: pretty good. Because you're
0: showing Well, you know, I, I paid attention up until Saturday. You know, now it's baseball season, so.
1: <laughs> no kidding. 108-59 the final. Alabama may be in the final four. They're good. Yeah, I think Alabama and Tennessee out of the SEC both have a really good shot to get there. They were firing up threes the whole game. I mean, it was like I listened to a part of it, watched a tad of it, and it was kind of stupid. And they kept on firing up threes. I mean, they did not slow down, which, I mean, they had their backups in there. They had, like, slow white people in the game late in the – and it was – I mean, they were just heaving up threes, and they got it. So, 108-59 the final Forty-nine point loss. Tom Crean would have lost by fifty. So we're making progress. Tomorrow night, Georgia will be at Arkansas. Eighteen and nine is the Razorbacks' record with Eric Musselman, who needs heavy medication. He is uh, leading this Arkansas team. They're good. They were in the Final Four last year, weren't they? I believe. We we don't know college basketball. I, yeah, I'd have to look that up. You know, we we know that Dean Smith's dead, and that Roy Williams no longer coaches, and that Coach K. No longer coaching, much to the chagrin of Russell Brown.
0: According to uh, according to uh, the interweb, he uh, Arkansas last went to the final four in
1: '95 with Nolan Richardson. Yep. So they were they they went deep though last year, didn't they? Like elite eight. I think they made a pretty good run. Yeah. Okay. Well, they'll host Georgia tomorrow at nine o'clock. You can catch that game here on the super stations in Macon and Savannah. On the radio and on the SEC network on television, if you have it. Georgia Tech beat Florida Tech. Well, that's one thing you can put on your resume for this year. Well, at least we beat Florida Tech. They're now 11-16 and on the season. 79-56 was the final in that non-conference game on Saturday. They've now won two in a row, three of their last four. They'll play at Pittsburgh tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And that will be a, a game against the Panthers, who are 19 and 8 this year, 12 and 4 in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Georgia Tech is 3 and 13. Georgia Southern lost to Southern Miss 73 62 on Saturday. They'll host Coastal Carolina on Wednesday at seven before finishing the regular season against App State on Friday. You had hate App State just as much as you hate them during football season for basketball. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just making sure. Yeah. And so uh, hopefully the Eagles can get back to 500. College baseball started this weekend. Did you listen to any of the Georgia baseball game just to hear the ping of the bat yesterday? Uh,
0: yeah, I got a little t- taste of it just to, you know, that Sunday afternoon, and it was a nice kind of mm-hmm. warmish warming.
1: So, yeah, I, d- I had to get in e- about a half inning or two in. Georgia beat Jacksonville State in two of the three games this weekend. They lost on – Friday with a season opener, but bounced back with two wins on Saturday and Sunday. Dogs scored 25 runs in three games. They're supposed to be really good offensively, and they showed that. They started a four-game set against Princeton starting on Friday at Foley Field. If you play – here's a question for you. If you play some team like Princeton, Yale, one of those, you know, Ivy League teams, if you're the first baseman and a runner gets on first, don't you walk over and say – How's it going, smart ass? Yeah, uh, yeah. Or give him your business card. Hey, when you get your firm started, if you need some associates, I'm your guy. I'll do video work for you. <laughs> I mean, uh, Princeton. I didn't even know they had a baseball team. How about that? No, I'm just kidding. That didn't uh, uh, George W. George Herbert Walker Bush play for Princeton? You know what? I think he did. Or Yale, or one of those. I think he played for Princeton, didn't he? The former president. The one that's no longer alive, I think Herbert Walker, the older guy, not W. I think he played for Princeton for it, some reason. Yale, Yale, was same Yale. thing. As anyway, far as we're concerned, yeah, yeah. Where's Princeton located? Yale's in New York. Aren't I wonder, they? Is, is it in New Jersey? Uh see. All uh, Harvard's in Boston, right? Right. Okay. So Harvard, Yale, Princeton. Where? Yeah. Where, where are those? located? It's in Princeton, New Jersey. Oh, okay. They have a school like Princeton in New Jersey. Must be a lot of out-of-state tuition paid for that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen did not go there. No, he's over there talking about the people on the railroad track. Uh, they'll play Presbyterian next Tuesday. They got five games in five days with Princeton starting on Friday. No midweek game this week, and then next week it's the Georgia Tech series. There you go, and that should be a lot of. A lot of fun. Georgia Tech baseball swept Miami of Ohio over the weekend. My combined score of 36-24. Same old thing for Tech. They score a lot of runs and give up a lot of runs. How many, how many years uh, have they done this? I mean, this is like the,
0: the, the, the third or fourth year in a row. and It was supposed to be different this year, right? The pitching was supposed to be better.
1: Not so far. They're giving up eight runs a game. So they're 3-0. They'll play Georgia Southern on Tuesday. Go Eagles. Let's go Eagles. Yeah, Babe Ruth and George W. Bush. Thank you, John. Yeah, uh, uh, President Bush met George, I mean, uh, George Herman, Babe Ruth uh, when Babe was getting ready to expire, and George Bush was in his Yale uniform. See there? Oh, cool. Yeah. So, thank you for that. I, I knew there was one of those things. They're all about the same. Tech, yeah, tech Tech and Georgia Southern. Southern is two and one. They took two, uh, two or three from West Virginia over the weekend. There you go. So that's college baseball and basketball. Full of information here on this show. We'll take a break, come back, we'll talk about the Braves. We have Braves news to talk about. Thank goodness. As the first full squad workout is tomorrow. So their last few remaining guys were fumbling in the camp today we'll talk about that some good news some bad news a little bit of bad news not too bad I think it's going to be okay and good pitching news as well on some of the articles that have been written some of the things that have been said and some things I've heard as well so we'll talk about that then a little football talk and why people should not really interfere when people have jokes on the golf course Russ can't wait. With Russ Brown, I'm Bill Shanks, you're listening to the Bill Shanks Show. There you go. Here's some good new music. We gotta kill some of this comeback music or turn music. Because with our Wincy thing, we're finding new music yeah, to add in. So I like that. Some of the crap. Not broken wings by Mr. Mr. because I know that's one of your favorites. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a Falcon <laughs> theme song, is what it is. <laughs> All right, so bravos, down at spring training. So most of the news is good. I did see on the way in an article that concerned me a little bit, and that is that Kyle Wright had to have a cortisone injection into his shoulder. He got going in January, and he, he, here's his quote. Most of the guys during the season have to get over that hump to get going again. I just couldn't get there. Then once I got the injection and rested, I was like, wow, this is how it's supposed to feel. So he's right. Look, by the time most pitchers these days get to spring training, uh, they're already throwing and they're already kind of ramping it up for lack of a better term. And sometimes it's not there. Sometimes the dead arm that comes either in late spring training or even later, like in late April, early May, kind of starts you off and you sometimes have to get a shot and so that's what this is now he he says he feels really good he's going to be slowed in spring training to an extent where he's not going to pitch a game for the first couple of of weeks but they hope to get him on a a pattern uh, during the month of March where he'll be up to a certain pitch count in late March and then be ready to go I wouldn't be surprised if that means he's fourth or fifth in the rotation through the first turn just to see how he goes but obviously this is someone that the Braves are going to be counting on a lot this year because of what Kyle Wright was able to do last year he was exceptional and was the only pitcher in Major League Baseball that won more than 20 games he was 21 and 5 with a 3.19 ERA and 30 starts and more importantly 180.1 innings pitched And they need that 180.1 innings pitched once again. But they'll be a little bit slowed in spring training. And to kind of couple this story, they have talked to Ian Anderson down in spring training. And Ian Anderson feels really good. Now, Ian Anderson, as you may know, is a fastball change-up pitcher. He said that he's been messing around with the slider a little bit big difference for Ian Anderson this year evidently is going to be the delivery. He did change the delivery a little bit of his wind up and we will see what that is like and then how it will impact him moving forward. I still think the delivery is a little bit less important than a third pitch. I mean, I don't I don't know if you can be successful without a third pitch for 30 starts. You know, and last year, it, you know, he he had 22 starts and then was not very good and had to go down the year before that. He had 24 starts and was really good all the way through, but this year, uh, he's going to be penciled in as the fifth starter, depending on the health of the shoulder of Kyle, Wright. And Ian Anderson is going to be counted on now, of course, the luxury the brains have is that Michael, I asked him when he came on, like early on, what do you want to be called? Mike or Michael. Now he's got him a girlfriend. He wants to be called Michael. (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) Well, it's true. Yeah. Anyway, so Michael Soroka is coming back. And so far, after he got past the little hamstring thing, it slowed him down a little bit. Now he's kind of back on track. But I still think the preference is going to be to start him in AAA at the beginning of the year, just because he hadn't pitched in two and a half years. So I'm not going to sit here and expect him to be gone, ready to go on opening day. I'm just not. But you also have Bryce Elder, who shaved. No longer looks like Grizzly Adams or Alex Morton over here. <laughs> he shaved, and he is pitching well, and so far, so good with him. You have uh, Jared Schuster, who's the number one prospect. And a name that I heard over the weekend from sources down there that made a good impression was Dylan – not Dylan Lee, I'm sorry. Um, oh, man, now I can't remember his name. I can't remember his first name now. Is it Dylan Dodd? Dadgummit. See, I don't know these – yes, Dylan Dodd. He is a uh, high pick from a couple of years ago. Six to 210 pounds, third-round pick out of Southeast Missouri State, third-rounder in 2021, and he is a left-hander. And Dylan Dodd last year was one of those pitchers that had good numbers all throughout and really didn't get a whole lot of love. But listen to these numbers of what Dylan Dodd did last year for first Rome, then Mississippi, and then one game in Gwinnett. He had 16 games in Rome in high A, nine games in double-A Mississippi, and then one game up with Gwinnett. Overall, 26 starts, 3.9, excuse me, 3.36 earned run average, 12-9 record, 153 strikeouts and 142 innings of work with 31 walks and only 136 hits allowed. So a good hit-to-innings pitch ratio and a good walk-to-strikeout ratio. And I don't think he throws particularly very hard. Let's see what MLB.com has the uh, has Dylan Dodd at in the prospect list right now. He's 13th. But, you know, he's 24 years old, so it's just a name to keep in mind. Dylan Dodd, who again was the third-round pick in 2021. and And I'm saying all this because, look, we know every year it takes more than five starting pitchers to make it through a whole year of 162 games. There's no question about it. And... As we're sitting here talking about opening day roster and opening day rotation and all this stuff, we've got to keep in mind these other guys that could be in the picture. Colby Allard maybe is a possibility. I mean, I doubt it. I think Colby's going to be one of those swing guys where he'll be down in A Gwinnett. But Dylan Dodd's a name to keep in mind because he has, in fact, uh, pitched very well so far down at spring training. And look, it's really, really early, of course. It's really early. I mean, they're five days away from a from a game, but it's good to have reports like that, that there's someone to kind of keep an eye on as a prospect. He's a older prospect at 24 because he was a college pitcher and he was drafted two years ago. But look, I hate to tell you this, that kind of guy, Russ, at 24 years old, let's see, he'll turn, he'll turn 25 in June. June 6th, he'll turn 25. College pitcher two years ago, sometimes that's all those kind of guys need as far as getting ready for the big leagues, and while he's not someone that's going to blow you away, if he's successful, keep him in mind.
0: Yeah, and, you know, he made the the quick move last year from single A up to triple A, and, and obviously towards the tail end of the season, they wanted to get him in to see what he could do in, in a game in Gwinnett. Uh, in, in his college career, he pitched in 33 games. Uh, and, and, and also, you know, at, at his age, he's going to be 25 – this summer, So if he's going to be able to make a contribution to the major league level, you know, it's about that time. And one of the things with this Braves organization that I really like is when these guys perform well, like he did last year in Rome, they, they, they'll they move them up pretty quick just yeah. to see what they have. And I think that's the right way to do it. You know, this isn't a guy because of where he was drafted that's going to have a lot of value in a package, right? Um, I mean, he's a prospect, but he's not a top tier prospect. So you might as well throw him to the Wolves and see what he can do. And if he responds, uh, you, that could be somebody that could help this team uh, out of the pen on the left handed side this, this summer.
1: The reports have Dodd with a very good changeup, a fastball in the 91 to 93 mile an hour range that touches 95, modest forcing carry but he threw each variant of his fastball for strikes more than 73% of the time in 2022, Uses his fastball to set up a slider and a changeup. They are both in the low to mid-80s. Both pitches flash solid to average to above-average grades. Those scouts think the slider is more of a gradual breaking pitch that will play up thanks to his ability to command it and mix it with his other offerings. Okay. I'm in. I mean, he's two. 6'3", according to Baseball America, 2'10", lefty. I mean, okay, most lefties don't throw, like, max at 95. The most most lefties are 91 to 94. A little bit worse – not worse, a little bit lower velocity than a right-hander and has to rely on his breaking ball. But, uh, you know, he's got control, which God knows when young pitchers come up, what do we say? Throw strikes. Throw strikes. So, to hear Dylan Dodd as a name is, is good because, look, all, 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 I've, I've said several times in the last week or so, the Braves are getting a lot of love right now early on in spring training by national riders, and that's because of the rotation. Max Freed, Spencer Strider, you've got Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, Michael Soroka, Bryce Elder, Jared Schuster, let's put Dylan Dodd in there. Well, that's pretty good. And you're going to need those players to go 162 games. We've seen pitchers come up and do the job. So I, I just think we need to keep that kind of name in mind. And I'm I'm excited. That's the kind of guy I'm excited to see. You know, but look, we had no freaking clue about Spencer Strider. None. I mean, he got called up at the end of 2021. And we were like, oh, okay, well, that's nice. They brought him up. He's got unbelievable numbers, Mickey Mouse numbers. That's cool. Let's see what he is. Uh, as late as last June, we were still wondering if he's going to be a closer. (laughs) Even some in Atlanta were like, well, he may still be a closer. Let's see if he can get through the year. Well, the bleak obviously was there, but what an arm issue. Thank God. So, we didn't know about Spencer Strider, so these are the kind of names you have to keep in mind that could contribute. Now, I'm not talking about someone who's going to be like Spencer necessarily and is going to be mentioned as one of the top ten pitchers in the game, but just contributors because uh, we have learned so many times, Russ, you need them.
0: Yeah, you do. You you need depth, and, and you need depth in the rot- rotation. You need it in the bullpen, and uh, you, you can't ever have enough arms in your system. And, you know, like – with Kinley Jansen on the way out, it, it creates a domino effect out there in that bullpen, and and I, some people I don't know if worry is the right word, but I think a lot of us want to see AJ Minter you know get out there with this new pitch clock to see how he deals with that. Right. And, and that's something to keep an eye on, you know. And if that goes south, then you know you're going to have you know it, it's again it's just this domino effect that that can sends a ripple through the entire organization, just not at the minor league level. I'm uh, a major league level.
1: Absolutely, no doubt about it. So, it's a name to keep in mind, and and it's going to be fun watching the pitching. Just keep everybody healthy. That's all we ask. Just keep everybody healthy as much as you can. All right, uh, speaking of health, Kirby Yates talked to the media today. Kirby Yates is a pitcher that only threw in a handful of games last year for Atlanta. He was coming off Tommy John surgery, and the Braves had him out there for about Nine games, had a 5.14 ERA, did not do very well, did not look ready to go, and they shut him down at the end of the year. This is a guy that in 2019, four years ago, had an ERA of 1.19. 1.19. 41 saves to lead the National League. 101 strikeouts and 60.2 innings. Give me 85% of that, and we've got a good relief pitcher.
0: Oh, I think this could be a key to the whole season as far as going really deep. You know, uh, Iglesias, I feel good about him in that closers role, but like you said, I mean, I don't think we're going to ask for 41 saves in a 1.19 ERA, but just anything along that run that Gates had with the Padres, he was one of the best relievers in baseball. And so if you can get back that – then you know that kind of replaces your your Kenley Jansen in a way. Yeah. Uh so that would be that would be huge. That was great to see that he's feeling good and, and and ready to go. You know, it's it's kind of like with Acuna. you know. Sometimes you need an entire cycle. You need the off season and then into a full spring training to get it all the way back.
1: People think that may be an excuse. Maybe it is, but I think it's true as well. And there there just seems to be a lag time for injury players who suffer an ACO or a Tommy John that is not always very comfortable with the calendar. You have to kind of work it out, and I think that's something that, that having extra time for Kirby Yates is going to mean a lot, and this guy's a good pitcher. I think Alex signed him with the thought that he could be a more of a contributor this year than he was last year. He really wasn't last year. just kind of got some innings just to get his feet wet, but this year, I, I'm with you, Russ. I think he could be a really huge part of that bullpen, and Iglesias and – Yates, Dylan Lee, AJ Minter, Joe Jimenez, Jesse Chavez, Santana kid they got from Texas. I mean, there's a lot of good options there to round out the bullpen, and I'm I'm excited about that bullpen. I think it's could be could be really, really good. All right. Uh Marcelo Zuna came to camp today, says his arm feels fantastic. He's had inflammation with that shoulder, which has caused him to be one of the worst outfielders in baseball over the last couple of years. Look. I know what most people feel about Marcelo Zuna. I don't necessarily disagree with you. The the team appreciates what he's done on the field and in the clubhouse. And obviously outside the clubhouse with the arrest that he had with the incident with his wife and then the DUI last year are the two problems that he's had while a member of the Atlanta Braves. There have been no problems in the clubhouse. He tries. He he plays hard. He does everything they're asking him him to do. He always has. If not, he probably would have already been gone. Remember, he was brought back after getting back to free agency mainly because his teammates loved him. Yes, they wanted him back. And so, you know, I I think that we got to give this guy a chance. We've got to hope he can come back. And and I, I think my desire is very realistic. Hey, Marcel, just don't suck. Don't hit 210. Don't be awful. Don't be BJ Upton. Be someone that can be reliable and consistent. You know, last year, Marcelo Zuna hit two twenty six. No. No, don't. Hit two fifty six. Okay, if you're not going to hit three thirty eight like you did in 2020 when he was, what, third in batting average and almost won the triple crown, led the league in home runs and RBI, and he was right behind who? Freddie and someone else in the the, uh, batting race, okay, just don't hit like you did in 2021 when you hit 213. The last two years, Marcel Azuna has not done very well at all. How about a 222 batting average and a 278 OBP? No, we can't have that. That's BJ Optin-like. That's not going to work, Marcel. So, you know, have a 252 batting average. With a three oh eight OBP, now that's not great. Annie from Chicago screaming at me, well, that, that that's not much better. <laughs> but it's better than two twenty two and two seventy eight. You are not a hole in the lineup. You are a threat, right. you
0: know. And and hit, you know, last year you hit twenty three home runs, so something in, in those lines. Get your average up. Hit twenty to twenty five home runs, and and don't get arrested. Right. Get arrested. <laughs> don't get arrested. If you can do those three things, don't we'll speed. Take it.
1: Don't go through a stop sign. Don't Uber's do your friend. Right. Oh. Right. I mean, just you know, and and look, I I want to give him a chance because again, they the, his teammates really do appreciate him and like him, and I and I know that's hard for people to understand. I get it. I, I don't disagree, but you know. We just gotta proof's gonna well, be in the pudding he's gotta prove it. He's gotta go out there and prove it. Well people. I just
0: think you know, if you're looking ahead, if you start right here on February the twentieth, twenty three with Marcelo Azuna and the Atlanta Braves, what's the best case scenario? What's the best path forward for the Braves and Azuna? It's for him to do these things we're talking about. We can't go undo the past. That's done. So you just gotta move forward.
1: That's it. And they they need him and his salary to produce. And, it, it, it again, I'm not asking him to be what he was a couple years ago. Just don't suck. Just go out there and be okay. And maybe that will be good enough to help this team because he's a threat at the plate. He can, I mean, even last year hitting like he did 220, he, he, he can hit home runs, right? So it's like, okay, if you're going to do that and if you're going to have that kind of year where you hit two – I mean, in the last two years he's had 715 plate appearances. He hit 222, but he had 30 home runs. So he's going to be a threat. The higher that batting average is, the better threat he's going to be, and that it's what they need in that lineup because if he and Rosario and or Rosario are in that lineup and they don't suck, this lineup one through nine is going to be outstanding. I mean really good. So um that's something we gotta look forward to. Finally, real quick, so they were raving about the throwing drills when they were watching Sean Murphy yesterday. And I did get confirmation that throws to first base don't count. Remember, we were wondering about that. So, throws to first base don't count, and that's exactly what they were practicing yesterday. So, runners, you might think the Rays have already thrown over there twice in the pitcher's mound, but you better watch it because Sean Murphy's going to chug it over there. And that could be a big deal. Yeah,
0: it could. I I saw some of that video, too, yesterday, man. He's got a cannon. I cannot wait to see him play.
1: Me neither. Me neither. I mean, you – if you're a pitcher and you've got a big target behind the plate as a catcher, no offense to short people, but if you're big and you got that, I mean, he's just a squared off. What did that? Uh, uh, uh what's her name? Say, I've uh, never seen bigger shoulders in my life than yeah. Sean Murphy. He looks like he's wearing shoulder pads. Yeah.
0: I mean, when he's behind the plate, it, I mean, it's like he's wearing a jacket. You know how the jackets used to have the shoulder pads? Yeah. In them?
1: That's what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So it could be a big deal for sure. We'll take a break, come back. Falcons football talk right after this. Welcome back. Thank you very much for being with us. We appreciate it. All right, real quick before we get to the Falcons, I want to say this. Tiger Woods is getting slammed by some women's groups because he handed another golfer a tampon the other day after he outdrove him on the golf course. So, of course, we had to have people come out and say, Oh, my God, that's so offensive. Oh, my God. Oh my God, it's just awful that Tiger Woods, who's a a girl dad, would do something like that. Uh, Brennan, what's her name for SI? I can't remember her name. She writes for Sports Illustrated, something Brennan. She's a women's rights author, a sports writer who's... She came out with this long article just blasting Tiger Woods. Is there not any protection for people to do jokes with each other? Because let me tell you something, folks. If we're going to start laying out private conversations and private jokes of everybody on this earth, we're all screwed. We're all, we're all uh, racist, sexist, and everything you want to say because we kid each other about all kind of stuff. And if there's no protection from someone being on a damn golf course, leave people alone. Why would that offend you? Don't you have anything else to do but to be offended because Tiger Woods handed a tampon to somebody else? Give me a break. Justin Thomas, he out drove him and he handed a tampox tampon to his friend. I mean, and people got upset about it. I'm like, don't you – I mean, I'm a busy person. You're a busy – don't – I don't have time to get upset about that crap.
0: No, well that, that's it. I think people are just bored more than anything else. But I mean, you just got to know when you're in the public eye, man. It's it's a dull, it's not fair, but it's just a double standard.
1: And Tiger apologized. Yeah.
0: I mean, we I could I could do that to you. At, you know, any golf course here locally, nobody's going to care. But you put the cameras on, and it's a different ball game.
1: Tiger should have said, "Look, here's my response to that. Go to hell." <laughs> I'm kidding around with a buddy of mine. I'm on the golf course. I don't care if I'm a PGA golfer and he's a PGA. We're giving each other hell. We say things all the time. It's the way it is. Stop caring about things that don't matter. You know what matters? Hunger, homelessness, illegal immigration, not pranks on the golf course.
0: (laughs) I mean, there's. You know? I, I I just, I guess I'm not Ukrainians
1: getting a pension plan from Joe Biden, I that matters.
0: I don't, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm just kidding about that. not offended by I know. much of anything. I, I guess.
1: I, it's like, but who is? Later on, somebody call me that's offended I, by this and tell me why. And it, uh, also tell me if you have a life. Because I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't, it's like, why do people get so upset about things that are irrelevant?
0: You, I just, I mean, my whole thing is, was there bodily harm involved? No. Did anybody no. get hurt physically? Was anybody's life in jeopardy because of this? I mean,
1: was, I mean, come on. If, if and you've been a part of it for 16 years, if people had my phone and they heard some of the conversations with my friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, y'all, I don't know about y'all, man. Y'all get carried away.
1: I don't do any of that. And m- most of it is innocent fun giving each other hell because that's what friends do. We we have fun with each other. We we enjoy each other's company and we make fun of our shortcomings.
0: Yeah. You just can't do that in public anymore. I I don't I, I for the foreseeable future, hopefully not. I mean, hopefully people wake up and come around and relax. I'm telling. But you. You just can't – I mean, if you're in the – again, if you're in the public eye like that, it's a, you're held to a different standard.
1: I know. Christine Brennan. Thank you, Rick. Christine Brennan is who I'm talking about. She wrote this long-ass article on this oh, Is Sports Illustrated even relevant anymore? I, I, it's a good question. It's a really good question. But it's like, come on, man. Really? Really? Do you know what is said in locker rooms and <laughs> – You don't want to know. And, and every locker room and every golf club in America and – gyms in America? We don't even have to go to the golf club. Uh, gyms. You know what, like, I mean, give me a break. <laughs> don't care about that kind of stuff. Care about, you know, the fat content in donuts. And, and why it hasn't been, you know, discovered for fat-free donuts. That's something that's more important than Tiger Woods handing somebody a tampon on the golf course, isn't it? Why somebody with all the intelligence in this world can't come up with a damn fat-free donut that tastes good, not like rubber. That should be more important on people's agenda than that. While we can't go to a buffet and just have fat-free food and not gain one damn pound, figure that out. Be a, be concerned about that. I want to know about that. I don't care. Anyway, Falcons have uh, voided the contract of Lorenzo Carter. It was always going to be voided, so he's a free agent. He started all 17 games at outside linebacker, and he had four sacks. Not bad. And th- there's been talk about him coming back, and we'll see. He's got 18.5 sacks in his career. Now, this is the real deal story about the Falcons here. They've been linked, and because we're about, what, three weeks, Russ? Is it three weeks from Wednesday, I believe? Something free like agency. that? Free agency. Yep. From free agency. The, we're we're going to start hearing names. Mm-hmm. And the one that is out there now is Jesse Bates III. He's a safety with Cincinnati. And he had dinner with Kyle Pitts, A.J. Terrell, and Casey Hayward. They're all represented by the same agent. Bates is a five-year pro for the Bengals who has started 79 games, every one that he's played in, and has one interception in his career but is looked at as one of the top five free agent defensive players on the market this year. And, of course, the thought of him playing in the secondary with A.J. Terrell and Casey Hayward, who's under contract for next year, is – pretty interesting right
0: it's very interesting because look the the need the needs for this team are pretty much all over the place and if you can get i i, I the market value for a safety i don't think they're going to be as expensive as pass rushers. so if you can kind of fill one of those holes in free agency and and maybe draft your pass rusher i think that's a pretty good strategy
1: absolutely absolutely james bradbury who held the receiver And Kansas City in the Super Bowl is also a name that's been linked to Atlanta. He's a cornerback. So we'll see. It's getting closer to free agency. You're listening to the Bill Shank Show.